everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about how to feel indifferent to unhealthy food. This is one of the most valuable things that you can, one of the most valuable skills you can have in order to master your weight because the more indifferent you feel to unhealthy food, the easier it is to make healthier choices. And this is an area that a lot of people never focus on. They just assume that they really crave these foods and they're just gonna have to fight against these high cravings. But you can go to work subconsciously on how you perceive food to create more indifference to it and reduce the desire. Um, and it's actually kind of simple. So let, let's talk about how to do that. So when we think about like the, the state of indifference, right? So we'll, we'll talk about like feeling indifferent, feeling desire, right? These are the two, the two opposites. And so what well, we wanna understand those two states, right? So, so there's desire and there's indifference. And so how do we understand those in a practical way? Well, we understand there's states. And what a state is, and we're always in a state, a state is your physiology and your psychology. And so when we wanna go from craving to indifference, desire to indifference, we wanna focus on the physiology and psychology of desire and creating the physiology and psychology of indifference. And once we understand those, that's kind of the first step to making them happen. So we'll talk about those and then we'll get to the second step, which is practicing those. So when we talk about physiology, we're talking about our posture, our muscle relaxation and our breathing. And so when we're desiring something, we're craving something, a lot of times what's happening physiologically is we're getting kind of tight, tight, tense. You know, we're not really breathing well. We get in an aroused state. And so when we want to feel indifferent, what's the feeling of indifference physiologically? Well, you probably already know when you're indifferent to something, you kind of just don't care, right? It's more relaxed. It's more calm. You're breathing more fully. You're less kind of focused on it. So the first thing we want to do to go from craving desire to indifference is physiologically relax, calm down and take more deep breaths. This helps kind of ground us in a more calm, relaxed energy, right? So that's the first step. And we always start with the physiology. We're gonna to get to the mind in a second, but we always start with the physiology first and because it's just easier. Um, thoughts take a little bit more, more concentration. So we calm ourselves down, relax, and that's the first thing. So you can think about a food that you're struggle with, right? So for some people it's ice cream, you know, cookies, whatever the food may be. And if you realize when you think about them, you start to go into an aroused state almost. And when they're in front of you, same thing. And so what you wanna do, again, it works to help this in stages. We'll get more of this in a second. When you practice it, you wanna practice it with them not in front of you, right? So you're just imagining in the situations where you're typically exposed to those foods, you can imagine yourself in those scenarios, notice how you, you typically kind of like focused in on them, tight, tense, not breathing. And instead, imagine yourself around those foods, feeling calm, relaxed, indifferent. So that's the, the physiology piece. So let's go into the psychology. So the psychology, uh, the big pieces of psychology are internal dialogue. Like what are you saying to yourself? So when we feel desire for cookies or ice cream, it doesn't just happen. We're running a subconscious process. We're thinking certain things. We're imagining um, how it tasted. We're saying things to ourselves like, mm, I can't wait to eat that. We're saying these things to encourage the craving and the desire for it. It doesn't just happen. Um, there's a psychological component to it as well. And so we wanna start to recognize, again, there's recognize this, we'll get to this in a second with the practice, but there's appreciating what do we say to ourselves when we really desire and crave something? You say certain things that trigger that desire. And if you felt indifferent to it, now at first we're just imagining, okay? So I'm not saying you're just going to feel indifferent. It's a process of figuring out how do you generate that indifference. And how you generate that indifference is when you're in front of the cookies or the ice cream is you say different things. Okay, so what do you say? What would you say if you felt indifferent for ice cream cookies? What would you say? Again, it's just a thought experiment. And for me, 
I would say things like, ah, I don't even care. I don't even want that. I don't want to put that in my body. I'm good. It tastes good, but I don't, I don't like the way I feel afterwards. So you see, there's a huge difference in what we say to ourselves. Again, this comes down to self-hypnosis. Everything's self-hypnosis because we're always talking to ourselves. And what's happening most likely when you crave foods is you're unawares, but what you're saying is say, oh God, oh, can't wait to eat that. Oh God, last time I had that was so delicious. Oh, I love that cookie. Oh, that's so good. This is what you're saying subconsciously in the background. You're probably not aware of it. And it's, it's creating a physiology of desire. It's psychologically creating that desire state and it's driving you into that behavior. So what we want to do is we want to recognize that and pull back on those things and go into a state of indifference. And again, it's a process of practicing, understanding how we create desire, how do we create indifference, but the better you get at it, because it's just a skill, that's all it is, the better you get at it, the easier it gets. And so you imagine yourself in front of that food saying, I just, and I guess, so I'm creating the physical relaxation, I'm calming myself down, that's the, that's the first part. The second part is what do I say to myself? Eh, I don't care, it's just a cookie, I don't want that. I'm really focused on my goal. I want to be healthier. I want to slim down. I want to feel better about myself. If I don't eat that cookie, I'm going to feel so much better about myself and feel more in control. Um, what else can I eat? I'd rather have a, you know, a carrot. <laughs> Literally, I'd rather have a carrot because that makes me feel better. You can create desire for the carrot. That's another lesson. Um, but, but it's creating indifference and it's figuring out what works for you. Again, understand what I say for myself is different than what you'll say. So that's why I say, let's get to the second part, the practice piece. And this is the most important part of all of it. Um, the, what I just explained is relatively simple, but again, the real magic happens when you practice it. That's what you have to do. And practice, by practice, I mean, you're gonna do it and sometimes it's gonna work, sometimes it doesn't. It's fine either way. The important thing is that you learn regardless, right? We're always winning or learning. And so when you attempt to do this and it doesn't work, you go into it and say, what was going on there? Okay, what was I saying to myself? What, what did I, you know, again, it's becoming aware of that internal dialogue. And then when you do successfully do it, or you notice yourself feeling more indifference, it's figuring out what you're saying, what you're thinking about to create that feeling in you. And the more you start to understand this process in yourself, the more you can train yourself through practice to automatically and naturally feel indifference for these unhealthy foods. Because understand, the, the craving and desire you feel for a lot of these foods is not just a natural thing. Yes, sugar is addictive in a certain way, but it's not addictive like cocaine. So it's not like, it's not, you do eat a cookie one time and you're addicted to it. It's not like that. Where a lot of the food addiction comes from is seeing a nonstop commercials for it. Right? I mean, there is nonstop marketing and advertising going into our brains to generate that desire. And so what you want to start doing is realizing you can do the exact same process, um, but it, with different content to create indifference, right? That's the skill. And yes, it takes a little bit of practice, but once you get it down, it makes everything so much easier. I say, I don't like eating processed foods. I rarely eat it because of what I say to myself when I see processed foods. When I see processed foods, I don't allow myself to think like the commercials have trained me. Instead, I think the way that I've studied. And I say, I don't want to put that in my body. If I eat that, I'm gonna have more cravings later on. That's gonna put weight on my body. It's gonna make me addicted to these foods. And it's gonna make it harder to say no to them in the future. And I'm saying all these things to myself. And so I'm intentionally doing it and it's decreasing the desire, creating the indifference. And then that makes it easy to say no. And it puts a lot of that on autopilot. So I hope you practice this. Again, that's the key word. You gotta practice it. It won't just be perfect the first time. But if you give this a week of practicing, I think you'll quickly realize just how powerful this strategy can be. All right. Um, so if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I'd love to I'd love to answer them. <laughs> Sean Slaughter, this guy. Uh, you're amazing. I could listen to you all day. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate that. Oh, you missed independent. What's happening? 
Yeah, so here we are to Friday. So I hope you're all having a good week. It is a weird week, right? I mean, 4th of July on Tuesday definitely threw my week off. Oh, what's up, Paul? How you doing? You're welcome. Whatever you're, you're thanking me for. Hopefully it's the videos. Um, but yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a crazy week. If you don't know what your weight should be, how do you work toward an unknown goal? Oh, I love that. that that's a great question. To me, that's the first step of, of mastering your weight is uh, that you you have to choose the right goal weight, okay? But but let me, let me explain, because I think my ideas in this are a little different than what you typically hear. Um, I think, personally, in my experience, and this is, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, I've been doing this for 20 years. What I've found almost, almost exclusively, almost every time when I work with a client, is when I ask them what their goal weight is, it doesn't have a lot of meaning to them. Meaning, they're kind of just saying a number they've been saying for decades. Um, and I say, well, why do you want to weigh that? And I say, well, that's what I weigh when I was, 18. That's what I weigh when I got married. And it's just like, okay, just kind of some arbitrary number. Oh, that's what the BMI chart says I should weigh. And so we have to give this goal weight some thought because it really is the, the core foundational piece of the whole process. And I find a lot of people have a goal weight that's incongruent with what they actually want. Meaning that uh, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll, I'll explain this by giving you an example of a real story. I worked with a client, and she got the award for kind of the craziest goal weight, the most incongruent goal weight. And so she's almost forty years old, and she tells me her goal weight. And I said, "Okay, when's the last time you weighed that?" And she goes, uh, "When I was in seventh grade." And I said, "Oh, seventh grade." And I could see on her face she 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 didn't realize she didn't realize she said seventh grade. And you could see it kind of dawning on her. She was just processing it. I said, "How old were you then?" She was twelve years old. And I said, "Okay." I'm like, "So you want to weigh what you weighed when you were twelve years old?" Right. <laughs> you put that out in the open because, again, you have to understand, sometimes we just keep saying the goal weight that we've been saying for 30 years just on autopilot. And it doesn't have much meaning. We just like, oh, I should weigh this amount of pound. Right. And so that's what she'd been doing. And so now all of a sudden it's like, oh, right. And she's kind of you could see it in our face. And I said, well, what would you do you think you'd have to do in order to be that weight? And it was an extreme diet, extremely, extremely restricted. And so I said, is that a diet that you would be willing to live with? And she goes, no. Okay, and this gets to the core of a lot of people's goal weight problem is that they're picking a weight as if it's in a vacuum, as if it just exists by itself. And you have to understand your weight doesn't exist by itself. You have to live a certain lifestyle and eat a certain way in order to achieve that weight. And so you've got to take that into account because I see a lot of people choosing a weight that they're not willing to live or eat at. And if that's the case, you're always going to struggle, right? Because there's this internal battle. You want to weigh this weight, but then you're not willing to live or eat that way. And so it's incongruent. What's the point? You know, so how do you choose the right goal weight? The first understanding is that your weight is up to you. You're the one who gets to choose your weight. You, that's your decision. And what I would suggest you base that weight on is which weight will give you the best quality of life. And in order to figure that out, again, you have to take both things into account. The weight that you want to live at and the way that you want to live and eat. And you've got to find that sweet spot. Because again, a lot of people are choosing weights that they're not willing to live and eat at. And so you need to raise that goal weight up. Okay, so again, it comes down to which weight gives you the best quality of life. And when you start with that, that goal, it becomes much more congruent. Now, the next step is you need to give that weight more meaning. And this is another big mistake people make. They, they, the main motivation they have is they want to look better. And I'm here to tell you, wanting to look better is not enough motivation. And if you don't believe me, let's go at it. <laughs> you've been, you've been focused on that for how long? It hasn't worked. Okay, so um, you know, what are you going to argue with me? You know what I mean? It's just not enough. It's an extrinsic motivator is what we call that in the, um, you know, the, 
science of motivation. It's called an extrinsic motivator. And it's the weakest form of motivation. So how you make the, the goal weight more meaningful is you attach that weight it, well, actually, let me take a step back. I suggest you take your goal weight and wrap it in personal development. So it's not just, I always want to lose weight so I can have that number on a scale, be that size clothes, look that way. But it's like, I want to be that weight because that's part of me being the best version of myself. I want to be the best version of myself I can be. And the weight's just a component of that. And when you think of it that way, you start to bring in a lot more motivation because now it's not just about how you look, it's about how you feel. It's about the energy you have to, you know, improve the most important relationships in your life for you to earn the money you want to make to for you to go down the paths in life that you want to go down. OK, so there's we're tapping into more motivation. And so that's kind of how you bring more meaning into it. And when you bring more meaning into it and you get a weight and you, you built on a weight that's really congruent, that you really want to live at, and it's going to make you happy. Again, you, you've done a lot of the work and a lot of people don't do that. They're, they're chasing a weight that they don't really want to live at. So hope that helps out. Yeah, me first time. I'm glad that helps you. Um, what do you think about alcohol intake? Can I drink and lose weight? Um, yeah, I believe you can drink and lose weight. I mean, nothing's 100%. People are different, so I don't, I don't know your situation. But um, most people, I think, you know, when you get into weight mastery, okay, so I'm talking about weight mastery, really taking control. So how do you master your weight? In my world, you master your weight by mastering your mindset. And if you can master your mindset, usually you can master different substances usually alcohol being one of them and i'm an example of this i was a binge drinker big problem for a, a couple years there um and i didn't want to give it up i didn't i didn't identify as an alcoholic i just it just didn't sit with me it just didn't feel right and so i did really focus on creating a healthy relationship with alcohol that was my choice again remember right this is our autonomy you get to choose what you want to do it's no one else's decision. It's no one else's fault. You get to choose and decide what you want to do. And so I decided I wanted to have a healthier relationship with alcohol. And, and, I, and I generated that and manifested that. And so I'll drink a, little, a couple times a week, usually on the weekend. I'll have a couple drinks. And um, again, what it all comes down to really is calories. Now, if you're starting out, the more alcohol you drink, the harder it's going to be to lose weight, right? Because it's calories. It lowers your inhibitions, makes you hungrier, messes with your blood sugar. So um you know, again, that, that's a loaded question. It's a big question. It depends how much alcohol you're taking in, what kind of alcohol, how you're using it, all the rest of it. Um, but I believe in my heart that most people ultimately could consume alcohol in a moderated way and master their weight. You know, most people. But uh, again, you got to you, you experiment with it. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you can't, though, too. You know what I'm saying? Again, I always say the golden rule of programming yourself in is there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. So take what I say and then you get kind of bounce off your own experience that whether that resonates or not. Um, Bonnie says, I need to lose 20 pounds and it's just so hard to get started. I start off good and fall off. Uh, yeah, Bonnie, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. You probably, first off, you don't need to lose 20 pounds. No one needs to do shit. Okay. So no, <laughs> we got your subconscious mind, which is everything I'm talking about is very literal. And when we frame our weight loss in terms of, I have to lose 20 pounds, I need to lose 20 pounds, I should lose 20 pounds, subconsciously we interpret that as we're being forced to do it. And we feel like we're losing our autonomy and we start to rebel against it. And that's part of what you're feeling, right? You feel like you're fighting a part of yourself and you are, and your languaging is setting that up. So it's very important that you're very specific with your language. And instead of saying, I need to lose 20 pounds, you wanna start articulating as, and, and even I'll, I'll, do, I'll give you two, two things here. I would suggest you don't, we, we don't want to lose anything. Okay. So stop saying, I want to lose 20 pounds and start saying, I want to be 
X amount of pounds. So I don't know what 20 pounds lighter would make you, but I would start saying, I want to be X amount of pounds because then I will feel amazing. I'll be lighter. I'll feel healthier. I'll look better. I'll you know, feel better about myself, all the positive things that come with it. And when you articulate it this way, it's, it's literally hypnosis. Everything's hypnosis because we're always conditioning our subconscious mind. But when you frame it that way, now all of a sudden your subconscious mind says, oh yeah, that's what we want. Um, the process of losing weight, so much of it is consistently articulating your goal in a way that's inspiring and compelling for your subconscious mind. And when we say, oh, I need to lose 20 pounds, but it's so hard. Oh, that sounds like shit. <laughs> That's not an inspiring path I want to go down, right? Who, which path you want to go down? I need to lose 20 pounds because I feel like shit or I want to weigh X amount of pounds so that I can feel amazing. I'll be the best version of myself. I'll wake up energized. I'll feel good in my clothes. I'll feel good about myself. My relationships will improve because I'm so happy with myself and I have more energy and more focus. And do you hear what I'm saying? Well, one path is way more inspiring. And that's so much of this process is consistently inspiring ourselves. You know, and, and people, they're just all doing it wrong. You know what I mean? I, what can I say? When it comes to weight loss, the biggest problem isn't the information piece. If you could put literally every single workout and diet into one bucket, how could I categorize all of them the same way? They're always telling you what to do and they never show you how to get yourself to do it. And so, you know, I feel like I've, I feel this weird void where no one's ever showing you how to go from being overweight to being thin. How do you, how, what are the, how do you do it? How do you think like a thin person? How do you go from thinking like an overweight person, thinking like a thin person? No one shares this stuff, you know? So I think that, uh, that that's kind of where I fill up. So, so again, it, it's not rocket science either. It, it's, it's obvious stuff once you hear it, but it's hard to just come up with on your own. You know, again, it's taken me 20 years, um, you know, 5,000 private weight loss sessions to really come up with all these, these strategies and techniques. Um, let's see. And I finally hit my goal weight, but I do not feel satisfied. Yes, okay. Um, I'm glad you wrote that. And I'm glad you said that because that is so common. And this is the biggest, this is the big trap of dieting. You know, the diet mindset is all focused on losing weight. And losing something is never that inspiring anyways. You know, but the idea is that you're always focused on losing weight. So the dieter mindset, you're, you're either overweight, that's kind of your natural setting, you're just overweight, and then you say, get real motivated. I want to diet. I'm going to lose weight. And it just flip-flops back and forth. Notice between those two options, there's never a time when you're focusing on how do I want to be? Like, how do I maintain? You know, so I would suggest, again, you don't want to lose weight. That's not your goal, folks. Okay? What your goal is, is that you want to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. That's the real goal, you know? And... um you, you, you really got to articulate that right from the beginning. This is kind of piggybacks on what I was just saying. Um, so you're, you're just, I don't know if you'll believe me with this, okay? Your subconscious mind is extremely literal. And so what you're always saying as a dieter is you're always saying, I just want to lose the weight. 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 It's your mantra, some form of that. And you say that so much and then someone finally loses the weight and now there's just a fucking vacuum in your head. It's just like, oh, I hope, you know, what, you know what it turns into? I hope I don't put the weight back on. Oh shit, I don't, I don't just want to put the weight back on. I just want to, yeah. So it's like, it usually flip-flops between those two. Never in your mind are you saying, you know, from the beginning, I want to live at X amount of pounds and I want it to be automatic. I want to stay at my goal weight and live there automatically near on near autopilot. That's what I want to do. I want to live at my goal weight. I want to live at my goal weight. I want to live at my goal weight. 
right? That's a completely different mantra to be saying in your head. And it sets you up for a completely different path to walk. And it's not about the weight loss. Because the, the big problem with the diet mindset is that there's this arbitrary, phony, fake finish line. There's no finish line, folks. I hate to say this to you because I know it feels disappointing to you, but you got to know this. There's no finish line, right? I say this to my obese clients. I said, listen, we both wake up tomorrow and yeah, I'm at my goal weight and you're not, but who gives a shit? We each have to, we start the day. What are you going to do? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you get to your goal weight, what are you going to do? Because now what happens is, the big mistake for a lot of um, dieters is they trade the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down. And then you hit your goal weight. Now the scale's not going down. There's no excitement. And now you're just like, uh, again, just vacuums. There's nothing there. Nature abhors a vacuum. Your mind abhors a vacuum. And I swear, I believe this, that I think the dieters, they're so, their mantra is, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. But you can't lose weight anymore. And I think they don't know what to do. So they put the weight back on so they can get back in that comfortable mode. Take it or leave it. I don't know. But um, again, my mantra is I want to live at my goal weight. I want, I want to be as healthy and happy as I can be forever on your autopilot. And that's my goal. And so the strategy I used to achieve it was set up, I, I want to live the way I'm living for 100 years. And that's what I worked on from the beginning. So once I hit my goal weight, it was a cool milestone, but I just kept on focusing on the process, mindset, lifestyle, eating strategies. I'm always tweaking and optimizing them. And so that gives me a sense. That's what gives me, that's what jazzes me up. The pleasure of the food I traded for the pleasure of mastery. So I'm always getting better and I will continue to always get better for the rest of my life. Till the last day I'm alive, I will be getting better each and every day. And that jazzes me up. But you see how that's a completely different paradigm I'm existing in. Than the, than the dieting weight loss one. This is why 95% of people that lose weight with a diet put it back on, right? I mean, that, that's a crazy number. How can that happen? I mean, to me, it's plain as day. It's a mindset issue because you never, ever, never, ever, ever have practiced being a thin, healthy person living at your goal weight. You never practice that. You know how to be overweight and you know how to lose weight. And when are you practicing living at your goal weight? Because that living at your goal weight is really a mindset thing. How do you identify as a person? You probably identify as an overweight person. Because I, out of the 5,000 prior weight loss sessions I've done, I always ask him, I said, okay, because everyone's lost weight. I say, you've lost weight and then you put it back on. What happened? And it's always some version of, I didn't feel like myself. So I know you don't like being overweight, but you can't disagree that you're familiar with it. You're comfortable in the world as an overweight person. <laughs> Is that not true, you know? And so the process of losing weight for good is not just one of cutting calories down and losing weight. It's one of transforming yourself from the inside out into a thin person. And it starts by thinking about yourself as a thin, healthy person. And the dieter never does that. You just think of yourself an overweight person and you're restricting your calories. You see? So once you start developing the identity, the self-image of a thin, healthy person, your behaviors flow out of that. But most dieters never, ever work on that. And so why would they be good at it? You know what I mean? Like it's a whole different way of thinking. And so this idea that you're just gonna, what, just just stay thin when you've been overweight your whole time? Like you don't know how to think that way. So I don't want this to bum you out, but again, you, and you need more meaning, you know? So the meaning I have out of, um, the meaning I have out of being at my goal weight, it's, it's just one little piece of the puzzle. Again, I take my, my weight and wrap it in personal development. So my, my weight loss was never about just weight loss. It was just one little piece of me being the best version of myself that I could be. And so it's, 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 so when I got to my goal weight, again, it wasn't, it was, it was cool. Like it, it was good, but it was just part of some bigger thing. And so, so, okay, well, I got the weight piece in, in check and now I'm on to the next piece. And so there's, there was more motivation because again, the motivation for you has been just been losing weight. And now what's your motivation? You know? And, and so that's what you have to work on. 
Um, do you have a book or do you have any books recommendations? Um, I'm gonna, I'm working on a book, so I can't wait. I can't wait till I have that. I'm excited about that. But, um, yeah, book recommendations. Uh, I mean, I read like 50 books a year. It's hard to just like, I don't know, what's the best book? Um, it depends what you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for like nutrition or if you're looking for mindset stuff. Um, I mean, I love like neurolinguistic programming is really the core of what I do. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of those books. I think they're fun as a paradigm shifter. They really like help you understand your mind and yourself in a better way, in my opinion, in a more practical way. So you can actually create some of the changes you want. Um, so in that sense, you know, Frogs and the Princes, Use Your Brain for a Change. I'm a big fan of those books. Um, Tony Robbins, you know, uh, Unlimited Power. That's a great book. Um, Diet-wise, food-wise, How Not to Die. I think that's a super-duper book. Uh, I definitely recommend uh, to help you take your weight more seriously. You know, I, I think that really clarifies what's at stake here. And I think that helps to cut through the bullshit. You know, listen, the, there's so much of the economy is built on you being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy. A huge chunk of it. And in order for people, I mean, 75% of the population right now is overweight or obese. I mean, these are huge numbers. And it's not, it hasn't always been that way. I mean, it's like a doubling of numbers in the last 40 years. It's just crazy, the trajectory of it. It's not a genetic thing. It's a mental conditioning thing. You know, yeah, it's the environmental a little bit, but it's mostly the way we think. And we're constantly being conditioned to minimize the importance of our weight and our health. And, uh, you know, and so we need to boost that back up. And so How Not to Die will help you do that for sure. Um, yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you like that. End. good, good. Cause, cause again, you know, start working on that. So it's like great job, by the way, I meant to say congratulations. Okay. Super job changing that. Um, but now you've got to, you've got to focus on the maintenance, you know, program yourself. Then we start with the maintenance, right? Cause that's the goal. The goal is to, that's the goal. It's not to lose weight. It's to live at your goal weight. It, and that may sound like the same thing to you, but it's not. Um, but that, that's what we start with. But for you now, it's, it's okay. How do I maintain this in the comfortable and easy and enjoyable way? Okay. Not just how can I maintain it in a shitty, crappy way that I hate? How can I maintain it in an enjoyable, comfortable way? Because listen, your subconscious mind's a servo mechanism. It answers the questions you ask it. And so you want to ask very specific, specifically worded questions to get the answers you want. Okay. But now you focus in on the maintenance. How can I make it as easy and enjoyable as possible? All right. And start thinking of yourself. That, that's what you have to do consistently. Again, program yourself. Then it's all built around that. The first step is like, who do you want to be? That's what everything's bounced off of. So from the very first day, you're focusing on who do I want to be? You know what I mean? And, and so the weight loss is happening while you're developing and generating, cultivating and installing this new self image for yourself. So that by the time you reach the goal weight, you have been working on this new self image, this new identity. And so it feels normal and natural and comfortable to be at that weight. It just seems like the norm. And so this is an important piece, but now you start working on that now. You're catching up, but big deal. Um, it's fine as long as you start focusing on that. A lot of people never focus on that, right? They're just stuck in their diet mindset and they're trying to always restrict themselves. But now there's no pleasure or weight loss. And that's, that's the wrong way to do it. So hope that helps. Um, hey, 33 million K between, uh, between uh, massage sessions. Um, I'm going to end up having an ED, but I get so hungry if I even tried. Um, I don't know what that means, but I'll tell you, man, that, that <laughs> talk about like, I know I never gets triggered these days, but I get triggered because I mean, I get it. I like, it's funny. I always say this, uh, I've been doing this right personally for 30 years, 20 years, professionally helping people lose weight, right? Program yourself that I've been doing it for 20 years. And, um, 
it's just been, it's been crazy because my whole career is like helping people lose weight, right? People are struggling to lose weight, help you lose weight. And it's like, I got on TikTok about a year ago and it's like, so I'm, I'm sharing all the things I help people lose weight with. But now all of a sudden it's like a different audience sees it, you know, the eating disorder audience. And then they take everything I'm saying a different way. And I got to tell you, that was very shocking. Um, but so I get triggered now because people like these things, you know, I'll put a video out and, uh, and I know it's stuff that help. I've, I've used these techniques to help people lose weight, you know, people that are obese and, you know, health issues because of their weight, it helps them lose weight and get healthier and all the rest of it. And, um, people say, oh, it's gonna give me an eating disorder. It's, that is a bummer. I would say that's probably the worst thing about doing this on TikTok because this is like a mission for me, right? So it's like, I have a coaching program. Um, I've kind of like the Robin Hood model where I, I charge a lot. It, work, it costs a lot to work with me one-on-one. Um, I have a coaching program. You know, it's an investment. Uh, but then I just give everything away. I, I make TikToks every day. I do lives every day because this is a mission for me. You know, my dad died of a heart attack at 54. So, you know what I mean? Like, like to me, weight loss is kind of life and death. And um, so I, I want to help people and I'll do it for free. And so it, it is, I would say the bummer though is like people like, oh, you know, this is negative thing with the eating disorder thing. But I don't know. I, I guess I just keep on going. But anyways, so I don't even know if you're, you might just be saying that casually. I, I don't know. But um, anyways, what, what I'm saying, by the way, has nothing to do with eating disorders because um, really it's just about, it's about being happy with your body and um, nourishing yourself and being as healthy as you possibly can be, you know, but, but in order to do that for a lot of people that, that struggle with eating, you know what I mean? Like I talk about strategies to, to not eat so much, you know, and someone that eating disorder looks at it and says, oh, you know, mess me up and, and it's dangerous anyways. Anyways, um, maintenance is key. That's where I failed, but the diets weren't sustainable as I'm learning. Yeah, yeah, left 22, that's 25. That's exactly it. That's why, again, when we start with maintenance, right? So, so in the program itself, then we start with the idea. First of all, this is a, a never ending marathon. You, you, mastering your weight is a never ending marathon. And I know that's deflating to you, but it's the truth. And you need to recognize that because you're approaching weight loss like it's a sprint. Like it's a, you start here and you get to here and then you're done. That's how you're subconsciously approaching it. And it's not, it's never ending. Cause you get to your goal weight and then you want to maintain it, don't you? Don't you want to stay at your goal weight? Or do you want to put the weight back on? Right, well you want to maintain it, right? So it makes no sense. This is so important. If we just, if we start with a focus of losing weight, we're going to choose unsustainable methods most of the time. Because all we care about is just losing the weight quickly. If we start with a goal of I want to live at my goal weight, we tend to choose more sustainable methods. So when I started my weight loss, I said, I want to, I'm only going to do things that I, because I remember this, I remember this clear as day, 30 years ago, I remember sitting down and thinking about it. Now, again, I've been exposed to NLP and hypnosis and all this other stuff. So I could think about it more clearly. I interviewed people that had lost weight and kept it off. So I had a lot of good stuff to work with for the first time. And what I said to myself, I'm not going to do anything that I hate doing. And so right off the bat, I was like, I don't want to, I hate working out. I hate it. I hate going to the gym and lifting weights and working out and doing cardio. I, I fucking hate it. I'm not going to do it. And so I'm going to build around my strengths. So what do I like to do? Well, I'm, I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> uh, I don't like cooking, don't like eating. I'm like, I'll just eat less. That's what I'll do. I'll master what I put in my mouth and that's how I'm going to master my weight because that I'll be able to do for the rest of my life. And um, so everything was bounced off of, could I do this when I'm 100? Could I do this when I'm 100? Well, I want to do this when I'm 100. Would I want to eat this way for the next 100 years? And um, um you know, so what ends up happening is I now have a way of eating that I love. I love, I love it. I love how I live. I love how I think. I love how I eat. And so that's way easier to stick with, as you can imagine. <laughs> but, but it's because I started with that idea that this is how I want to do it. And so, yeah, most people, they take extreme measures to lose weight and then they try and figure out the maintenance. And so I would suggest that you, 
extend your time frame and take it slower and build up a strategy that works for you so that when you when you get to your goal weight you're just coasting along and you enjoy how you're living and eating and you've got strategies that make it easy for you i don't know it's like it's like such a profound concept but it's so simple too and that's like uh, to me that's the best stuff is like the stuff that's kind of obvious once you hear it but but people never just never think about it spontaneously either though uh, Bonnie says, every day is tomorrow. Well, how did you decide today's the day? Okay, Bonnie. So I'll, I'll answer that very clearly. The, the reason every day is tomorrow is because you uh, hate the diets, right? So listen to this, everyone, okay? Please get this. Is you think about weight loss all day long and you've been doing that for decades, okay? But you don't ever start it. Why don't you start the plan? Why? Because you don't want to. Why don't you want to? Because it's too fucking hard, right? Think about this. Think about this from another perspective. The dieting thing is so crazy that you're going to start tomorrow. Every diet, right? We always start on a Monday. Why do we start on a Monday? Because we need to be focused, motivated, ready to go. Why do you need to be focused, ready to go on Monday? Because what's going to happen? You're going to weigh over correct. You're going to start your diet and you're going to eat no carbs. You're going to not eat for 16 hours. You're going to cut your calories in half. You're going to stop eating fat. You're going to stop eating ice cream from now on, right? And it's like you way overcorrect and you overwhelm yourself. It's so overwhelming. You can't stick with it. And now you create this fear of it. You don't want to do it because it's wicked hard and you know you're going to fail. Every diet, they're like, it's like an endurance test. You know, endurance test, they, they test your heart and stuff. You ain't beating an endurance test. There's no beating it. There's just seeing how long you can do it. And that's kind of what a diet's like for you. And this is why you avoid it. So how did I decide to do it? I started... I started way easier. I made it easy. I reduced to the ridiculous. My, and program yourself then. We're not trying to fix. Think about it. The diet you're starting on Monday, 100% perfect, right? That's the goal. You're starting 100% perfect and you're going to be 100% perfect until you reach your goal. That's what you're thinking, which is fucking bananas. I just made a video on this. Like how in the world you haven't been eating this way and all of a sudden tomorrow you're just going to start eating that way from now on? Like it, it's so silly, but you think this way because you've been hypnotized by the diets. And you can't, you know, you can't even think clearly. So the program yourself then is built around the 1% philosophy. We get 1% better tomorrow than we were today. The next day, 1% better, 1% better, 1% better. Why? Because it's manageable. I don't feel overwhelmed. I feel like, okay, I can get a little bit better. And on top of that, there's the program yourself then technique, which is the core of the whole program, which is when you learn how to program your own mind. So really it's, it's a one to two minute self-hypnotic programming technique. It's a redo rehearsal technique. And the reason for it, half of it, the redo technique is that we learn from mistakes because when you diet metaphorically, what you're thinking about it like a diet, you think of it like a sprint. And with a sprint, if you trip just the littlest bit, you're going to lose that race. The only thing that wins a sprint is perfection. And that's how you're thinking about a diet. And so it's so much pressure and it's so much effort and so much work. And there's, you're just waiting for the failure. You're just, you're waiting for it. And so that's why you avoid it. It, it makes sense. <laughs> Your subconscious mind's protecting you. It's like, fuck that. I, I, I hate that. And the older you get, the harder it is. All my clients, almost all my clients end up being, 40s is about the youngest, usually 50s and 60s. And they're all almost always very successful in different areas of their lives, um, but not with the weight. And what happened is they've tried all the different diets. And, you know, funny thing is, it's not the diet that you try that didn't work. It's the one that did work. And then you put the weight back on. Those are the most destructive. And it creates this belief and association subconsciously. Even diets don't work. Even when I succeed, I fail, you know? And so that's what you're avoiding. And so you've got to change the whole process up and make it comfortable. And most importantly, what I was going to say is 
like you, because you're approaching your diet like a sprint, and you, and you know, like again, with a sprint, if you trip a little bit, you're going to lose. And so what happens when you put things into a sprint format is any little mistake feels catastrophic. And this is where we get to the all or nothing thinking of a dieter. And so again, you don't want to do that. And so you just avoid the whole thing. And meanwhile, you're not moving forward at all, you know? And so again, programming yourself thin, is, we're not trying to be perfect. You know what we do? The, the first thing we focus on is your worst eating habit. That's where we start. Okay, let's get a handle on your worst eating habit, because most people, if you can, you know, eliminate your worst eating habit or replace it with something else that a lot of times will bring you 50 percent of the way to your goal weight. <laughs> you know, what I mean? that, that worst eating habit you have of snacking every night of overeating at dinner, uh, you know, getting up in the middle of the night, eating whatever, whatever it might be. That's usually something that's a big part of what's causing the overweightness, you know? And so, again, we make it manageable and sustainable right from the beginning. That's the primary, most important thing. And we can do that because we have a, our time frames forever. Most dieters think in terms of days, weeks, and months. And weight masters think in terms of months, years, decades, and forever. And so that just makes it more comfortable. It gives us space to learn and grow and evolve and become the person we want to be. So right from the beginning, it just feels better. But that's why every day is tomorrow. Anyways. Um, have you ever been obese? No, I was not obese. I was 50 pounds heavier. Um, and I, I've maintained, it's been 30 years. I maintained the exact same weight. There's one little blip about 12 years ago. I put almost 25 pounds on. Um, but again, it's, it's because I haven't dieted in 30 years. I haven't dieted at all. I don't even, I haven't worked out. I do yoga, but it's a gentle yoga. I'm not burning any calories. It's, it's, it's really just mastering my eating. It's mastering my lifestyle, mastering my mindset. Those are the three pillars of weight mastery, mindset, lifestyle, eating. And I've mastered those things. And that's how I stay at the same weight um, consistently. And pretty much on autopilot too. Again, it's just, it's just I, I've programmed in. Let me give you an example of what it's like. You, you have your tooth brushing habit, right? That, that's probably like the one like real healthy habit you have. And you do it pretty much on autopilot, right? So I've got like 12 of those you know, different ones. And, and I do them pretty much on autopilot every day. And those kind of keep me anchored um, at the weight I'm at. How does program yourself then work? Just hypnotic sessions or meal plans too? Oh, great question. Um, no, how it works, there, there's, there's kind of three main components to it. The first one is the program yourself then technique. So this is a two minute technique you use at night to reprogram your own subconscious mind. This is the most important thing. I started with a hypnosis office and I get good and bad results. You know, it, it was inconsistent. Once I started teaching people how to do this themselves, the results got way better because you need to learn how to program your own subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind's running your, all your habitual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and consequently your weight. So this, this simple technique allows you to, the redo rehearsal technique allows you to program your subconscious mind so that you naturally do the things that keep you at your goal weight. Um, the next piece is hypnosis sessions. We do use hypnosis um, every morning the program's delivered through the phone, right? Because the hardest part of change is remembering to do it. So you join the program, tomorrow morning you wake up, there's a message from me, you click on it, there's your five minute hypnosis session you start your day with. So for eight weeks, every day you get a different five minute hypnosis session, each one with a weight loss mantra in it. And this helps you develop a thin mindset. So you start thinking like a thin person. And the other thing is that when you start your day relaxed and calm, even just for five minutes, getting positive stuff put in your head, it tends to have an effect on how you live the rest of your day, just naturally and automatically. Then at night you get another message and there's a reminder to do the program yourself in technique. And then there's a 10 minute hypnosis session. We call it a sleep gnosis session. There's one with a countout. You can listen to it earlier in the night, you know, and, and go about your day. Or there's one that you can listen to as you go to bed with no countout. And each one of those has a core weight loss mantra in it. So again, to develop, kind of bookend your day to help you develop this thin mindset. 
Um, then there's a weight mastery workbook where you're going to develop your weight mastery blueprints, your mindset blueprint, your lifestyle blueprint, your eating blueprint, because you've got to customize them around you. That's one of the biggest problems with diet. The idea that someone's going to give you a diet plan or a meal plan, you're just going to follow it. Like they don't know you. You don't know them. You need to customize what you're going to do around your preferences, your likes, your lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so you create your own weight mastery blueprints. And, um, and then there's coaching. You know, I coach you. Um, for eight weeks, every Tuesday and Thursday, you get to work with me. You know, um, we do Zoom calls. So um, you end the program with a thin mindset and you have your blueprints, you know, that, that are a living, breathing document. You can change them, tweak them, all the rest of it. But you have a plan that's based around you um, for you to achieve your success. And that's probably the most important thing, right, is to have your own customized plan that, that you enjoy. And, um, and then to have the ability to program your own behaviors is obviously very important. Um, for me, I had a health scare since then I'm looking after myself a lot better with everything. Yeah, it's great. I mean, health scares suck in one sense, but then they can also, you know, be very powerful in the motivation piece, you know, so great job. Um, sorry to hear you had a health scare. Um, yeah, health scares are scary. I ate one sandwich and one bag of 25 cent chips a day and lost 60 pounds in six months and gained it all right back and a lot of coffee. Um, yeah, that sucks again. Yeah. Like there's, it just sucks when you. You lose the weight and then you put it back on. Um, but I will say this, okay? So I, I know most of you have probably done that. You probably lost weight and then put it back on and it's a point of pain and, and feeling a failure for you. I would suggest you reframe that and use that as an opportunity to learn from it. Learn what not to do, you know? You did it once, you can do it, um, but change up how you did it. Learn from what didn't work and tweak that, you know? Um, Again, and I think the, the core thing you got to deal with, the, the biggest challenge you have, because you have a dieter mindset, I guarantee you, and the outer kind of container uh, of a dieter mindset is that you're thinking about your weight loss in a temporary way, right? Most dieters think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to diet to lose the weight. You know what I mean? But that's a temporary thing. What are you going to do after that? And, and I'm telling you, that's one of the biggest things, one of the biggest problems. If you extend this out and start thinking, I want to live in my goal way for the rest of my life, it, it gives you the room to learn from your mistakes and start to slowly and strategically and systematically change up, you know, how you're doing this, how you're dealing with it. All right. Oh, what's up, Michicom? I am well. I'm doing great. Can't wait. Friday. Friday, Friday. That kicks off my pleasure eating day for those of you that know. How often should you weigh yourself? Um, I mean, there's no shoulds. You know, it's always up to you. I'm a big fan of weighing yourself every day when you want to lose weight. Um, now, I, I obviously understand, you know, a lot of people have different hangups with the scale. Uh, but I look at the scale like ideally in an ideal world, um, you want the scale... <laughs> TGIF. Uh, you want the scale to be like the speedometer of your car, right? Like, like you're not afraid to look at the speedometer of your car, right? If you're going too fast, you hit the brakes, slow down a little bit. If you're going too slow, you hit the gas, you speed up a little bit. And so you're not scared to look at the speedometer because you you know you can affect how fast you're going. And so one of the, the core reasons you're so scared of the scale is because you feel like you, you don't feel, you know, <laughs> deep down that you really almost have no ability to influence your weight. You know, you're, you're thinking about losing 50 pounds. You don't know how to lose five pounds. I'm not saying this to be an asshole, but I mean, you, you got to recognize that decades and decades of dieting, you know as little about how to lose weight now as you did before you started your first diet, which should be, I'm trying to shake you, say, stop fucking dieting. It's not giving you what you need in order to master your weight. You know, it's that saying, right, that, that um, insanity is the, de the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. But I mean, is that not what you're doing with the weight loss, right? You, you just keep thinking that dieting is... Like, it's so crazy. Again, I'm not, I'm not being an asshole. You know that. I, I'm, I'm doing this for your benefit. But, but think about it. Let's take a step back and think about what's going on subconsciously in your mind. You think like there's going to be some magical Monday that's going to appear 
And all of a sudden, you're just going to start following whatever your plan is. It's keto, intermittent fasting, low fat, Mediterranean, whatever you're thinking you're going to do. And that day's going to come. You're just going to follow it perfectly. Like, why? Why would you? You haven't followed it perfectly since till now. Why would all of a sudden you just wake up tomorrow being this other version of yourself? Like, it's, it doesn't make any sense at all. At all. You know? And so, um, again, what's missing from your weight loss plan? I mean, I know what it is. It's your, you have no, no sense of what your mindset is. No idea how to influence your mindset at all, you know? And so, you know, and, and they're like buzzwords now. People say, oh, you know what? I don't need a diet. I need a lifestyle change. Okay. What the fuck's that mean? What's a lifestyle change? T- tell me what a lifestyle change is. Go ahead. Lay it out for me. Oh, I need to change my mindset. Okay. How are you going to do that? What, what's your mindset? What? Lay it out. Let me hear what? Oh, those are just words you said. You don't know what they mean. <laughs> Again, not to be an asshole, but so I'm going to tell you what they mean. I'm not going to be a dick and just, you know, not, not tell you what I'm, I'm thinking. So program yourself. Then we start with the mindset. Mindset is the number one most important thing impacting your weight. More important than genetics, your hormones, insulin resistance, any of it. Hashimoto's, PCOS, all of it. It's, it's, um, it's more important. And so mindset and program yourself. Then we start with mindset. And the first thing you do is you got to learn motivation. You don't know how to motivate yourself. Let's be honest. If you did, you'd be losing weight. You're not motivated and you don't know how to motivate yourself. And so that's the first thing we go through. And I take you through what I call the motivation matrix. Level one is how to use pain and pleasure. Level two is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. It's the science of motivation. Did you know there's a science of motivation? It might be helpful if you did, huh? It might be useful. Um, Then we move into like, once you get, you're really motivated. Now we get to the real work, which is your self image. The way you think of yourself. If you're overweight and you've been overweight for 10 years, you think of yourself as an overweight person. And so to be thin, it's incongruent and you're going to battle against it. Do you ever feel like you're battling against yourself and you try and lose weight? That's why. You think of yourself as an overweight person. So you need to change that. You need to create a new identity of being a thin, healthy, happy person that you want to be. And you need to give birth to that almost, right? Um, And so I take you through that process. You fill out. It's fill in the blank stuff, right? The next step is how to change your habits. Do you know the neuroscience of habits? Would it be helpful if you did? Because <laughs> what are you doing? You're just winging it. What are you using to change your behavior? I know what it is. You know what it is. It was one thing, right? Willpower. You're trying to use willpower to change everything. And it, it's it's not up for the task. I mean, if you understood your mind, you'd know that. Your, your willpower is a prefrontal cortex process. Your prefrontal cortex is about 10% of your brain anatomically. The other 90% of your brain is what's running the show. And you're trying to use this little part of your brain to control all of your automated behaviors. To put it another way, imagine you had to consciously remember to breathe all day. We'd all be dead. <laughs> you know, as important as it is, we'd get distracted and we'd forget to breathe. So you think you're going to make all food decisions? You make over 200 food decisions a day. And so what? You're just going to start tomorrow making all brand new food decisions? You, no. What happens is you wear yourself out. Your willpower is a muscle. It's not this never-ending source of, of energy. It's a muscle. And the more you use it, the quicker it gets depleted. Does, is this ringing? Is this making, <laughs> put some light bulbs on? This is why you can do a couple days. And then you can, what happens? You just go in autopilot mode and you start eating everything like you normally do. You know? um, so there we go. That's just the first three of mindset. Okay. Now we go into emotions. And I'm thinking about making emotions its own level in the pyramid because it's so important. But we've been trained in the society to use food as our main emotional management strategy. Do you know how to feel the emotions you want to feel in your life? More importantly, do you know how to deal with the shitty emotions you don't want to feel? Without food? Like, do you know, have any idea, strategies to deal with those things? Well, if you don't, how are you going to, 
what are you how are you going to stop eating the food because you're eating the food emotionally for positive reasons you're using it to relax to calm down to keep the depression and the loneliness at bay you're using it for intentional good reasons so you need to you don't need to stop emotional eating you need to find better ways to deal with your emotions right then we move on now to think like a thin person do you know about solution and problem-oriented thinking? Do you know about growth and fixed mindsets? Do you know about the questions that thin people ask themselves? Probably not. Would it be helpful if you did? <laughs> right? And then there's maintenance. We start with maintenance. What the fuck? You think you're going to do maintenance in six months when you get to your goal weight? What the fuck? You, you don't think you need to know about maintenance now? How about learning maintenance now? Because who are you to think you're going to get to day two? You need to maintain from day one to day two, week one to week two, month one to month two. You need those maintenance strategies right now. You know, pretty valuable stuff, right? So that's the mindset piece you go through. And then there's the lifestyle piece, right? So, oh, I got to change my lifestyle. What do you mean? Well, what do you mean? What do you think when we say lifestyle? I'm going to lay it out. There's eight, eight habits that we look to install, just like a toothbrushing habit, right? So I got these habits in my life now that run every day. And I don't want to overwhelm you because there's eight of them. Because again, I teach you a five-minute technique to get six of them into your life, right? So what are the habits in order of importance? Proper sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. You get these eight things into your life on a regular basis. You transform yourself at a cellular level, biologically, mentally, emotionally, in every way that supports you to eat better. If you're living an unhealthy lifestyle, you're not going to be able to keep your weight off because you're not going to be able to eat right. If my lifestyle falls apart, I can't eat right. With all the mindset shit and all the eating strategies in the world, without the, the lifestyle piece, everything falls apart. You know, So I guess what I'm ultimately saying is that your weight mastery is really a holistic process. And Program Yourself Thin is a comprehensive approach to mastering that. But you got to stop thinking about your weight loss like it's a bank account, like credits in, debits out, you know, calories in, calories out. Yes, on a technical level, absolutely. But in order to keep those calories in, calories out at the right level, you need all this other stuff. You know, so stop thinking like a bank account. Realize your weight loss is like the stock market. There's all these different factors that are impacting it in subtle little ways. And when you take a comprehensive, holistic approach, um, it feels better immediately. And it starts to feel like, ah, now I get it. Okay, so it's a little more to take on than just like, I'm going to count my calories. But it, it feels right. And it feels like, oh, I finally understand it. Again, because we're after mastery, not just losing weight. So I hope that makes sense. Um came across your videos today and they really hit with me. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's why I put them up there. So yeah, watch them. And, and by the way, everyone, listen, if you're not in, in my world here, go to my, in TikTok, you can go to my bio, click that link and go get the hypnosis session. I give you a free hypnosis session. It's the new Thin Me. It's a kickstart session. So it's designed to help you clarify what your weight loss goal is and connect to it. And you'll feel it generates more motivation and excitement to eat well, naturally, without willpower. You test it out. It's free, okay? And then as soon as you sign up for that, I bring you to a training, three steps to master your weight. You ought to watch it, right? I just lay everything out for you, okay? And then it, when you sign up, I email you regularly. Again, I do this. I, I have a coaching program, okay? But I also just give a lot of stuff away for free. I really want to help you, okay? So um, if you haven't gotten that, you, you really ought to. And if you're not on um, TikTok right now, you can uh, you can go to programyourselfthen.com and you can sign up for that hypnosis session. Uh, Bynes says you give the best answers. Thank you. I do give the best answers. <laughs> like, not to be not to be conceited, but I really do give the best answers because I have been in the trenches. I really do this stuff with weight loss that no one does. And I know this because I did a series a few years ago called The Elite Body. And I interviewed all like a lot of the top online fitness trainers and, and nutritionists. 
And I remember one of them always, I'll always remember this, but it was Craig Ballantyne. He did uh, turbulence training, which was a huge program back in the day. And um, I said, what do you do when you have a client who's not motivated? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, when you have a client that's not motivated, how do you, what do you do to kind of get them on the right track? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what? <laughs> Am I not speaking right? I was like, well, what do you do? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, when they come to me, they, they are motivated. When they walk in the door, they're motivated. I was like, oh shit, I should have been a personal trainer. I'm like, I'm spending time with people that, you know, they, they're not motivated. They're coming in and like, ah, I don't know, just I had a shitty week and I ate this and I, I and I had to turn them around. You know what I mean? So that's what I've been doing for 20 years is turning people around. They come in not motivated and I motivate them. And let's be honest, is that not the missing piece? It, the problem is that you don't know what to do. If you were a robot and you just type in what you're going to eat all day and you just did that, would you have a problem losing weight? No. The problem is that you know what to eat and then when it comes time to do it, you don't do it. You don't know how to influence your behaviors. You don't know how to influence your feelings and you don't know how to influence how you think. And that's what I've been focused on for 20 years. So yeah, the answers I give are practical. You know, And on top of that, I'm using conversational hypnosis. So I am speaking to your subconscious mind um, as well. But uh, yeah, but the answers are practical. I, that's my favorite compliment too is like, that's my favorite thing from clients when they say like, it's the most practical solutions because that's what I'm for. Think about it. Every diet and workout program, every single one of them is just giving you information and then just leaving you on your own. You know what I mean? Like, is that not true? That's how I, I think of every single one of them. Every diet works if you followed it perfectly, but none of them work because you can't change how you think, act and behave. You know what I mean? So it's like no one talks about the elephant in the room is that you don't know how to change your behavior. You know what to do. You don't know how to get yourself to do it. And no one talks about this. It makes me crazy. So yeah, people listen to me and say, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, because I'm in the real world with real practical people, you know, helping them create changes consistently. And that's why a lot of things I say just seem like relevant and practical, you know? Uh, best advice. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, but I love hearing it too. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. I don't get on with meditation at all. Sarah says, is there a way I can learn to like it? Oh yeah, absolutely, Sarah. I, I know what, the reason you don't like it is because you're, you're making it too hard for yourself, okay? So in the program, I, always, I teach the one minute meditation. That's all it takes is a minute, right? That's where you want to start. One minute, med- one minute of meditation compared to zero is a life, it's a world difference, you know? Um, there, there's this much difference between zero minutes and one minute, and there's about this much difference between one minute and 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? So what I'm saying is when you go zero to one, all you're doing with the meditation, again, there's different goals, obviously, right? But I'm talking about meditation in a practical way. And what I, the value I want to get out of it, I just did a, a podcast on this yesterday, by the way, Sarah. Um, go, when this is done or whatever, go to, go to my TikTok page and I just did a whole uh, podcast video on um, meditation. It's like two videos back. I just put it up. But the thing is, it's a practical tool to ma- master your weight because... When you close your eyes and you stay awake, most of your brain is dedicated to deconstructing visual stimuli. 75% of our brain is dedicated to visual stimuli. So when we close our eyes and we stay awake, we free up a lot of brain power. And when we turn that brain power and awareness inside, what happens is you start to become more intuitive, more in tune with yourself. You start to recognize when you're truly hungry and when it's just emotional. Or when you've had enough to eat and you know when you're just eating out of habit. It, it gives you... It's, it's, it's a very powerful tool. And so the reason you probably don't like it is because you've probably been trying to do it, you probably starting with 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and it just feels overwhelming and you hate it. And so again, we want to reduce to the ridiculous start so it's simple and easy and you can just enjoy the benefits of it. But one minute of just sitting there quietly, relaxing your body and connecting to your breath and staying attached to your breath, 
realizing you're going to have thoughts. And as soon as you have a thought, you just use that as a reminder to go back to your breath. And you do that for one minute. You'll be amazed how fast a minute can go by and you will be shocked at how much better you can feel at the end of that minute. So I would try that if I were you. Um, hello, hope you're well. Brioski, I am, I'm doing great, doing great. TGIF, right? Friday? So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's a, it's a good time of the week. One of my favorites, to be honest. And it's been a funny week. You know, I was saying that, that uh, it's... um. It's been a weird one, like like Tuesday. It's been a good one, because <laughs> it kind of ended up being a, uh, it kind of ended up being a like four day weekend sort of kind of spot. I wasn't ready for it, but 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 everything's good. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you on this. I gotta get out of here. But um, one thing that I think is important to understand is that like even this week, right? So it's like it was a vacation kind of on Tuesday, and then I didn't really work Monday, so it's kind of like this spontaneous sort of vacation, which was good. I like that. I slept a lot. It was great. Um, but it still throws things off. You know, anytime something changes, it requires more cognitive energy to kind of adjust to it, even if it's good stuff. And so when you change, when you're changing your behaviors diet wise, people have no respect for how their minds work and how change takes a little while and it can feel overwhelming. It can freak us out. So when people start diets, not only is it difficult, just hard anyways, but it's like, it's, it's a big shock to the system because it's so different. And you're just, you're overcorrecting and you're overwhelming yourself. You know, you have to be more sensitive. That, that things just take more time um, than you realize, you know? Hey, Vicky, what's up? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably, yeah, you'll love meditation. Listen, hypnosis is the same thing. Yeah, you can learn to love it. It's just like anything, right? It's like, we can start, like if we're not good at something, hey, Sarah, you're in the UK. Vicky's in the UK. Um, so yeah, we have our calls, our... Uh, we, we, I got a bunch of people from the UK. I would say UK is definitely number two um, after America. That's where most of the clients are from. But uh, most people in the program are from America. But then there, there's a ton from UK. And uh, yeah, Vicky's one of them. Um, but yeah, because the calls are at three o'clock, which was that eight o'clock your time, I think. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Getting to work with me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I help you. See, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a, here's a good example. Let me, let me put it this way. That like a lot of times we have these beliefs like, Oh, I hate meditation. You know, I, I tried it and I don't like it. I can't do it, you know? And so we have these associations to it. But these associations are usually based on kind of a bad experience, you know? And, and this is the same for so many things. So what we want to do is realize that the way we associate things is kind of subconscious and we could change that up. And so that's why I say the one minute meditation, it, it takes a lot of the pressure of meditating off so that we can just enjoy the fruits of it, just the fun of it. And, and this, this applies to everything. People overwhelm themselves with everything, right? Even with the diets, right? Again, the idea that you're going to start tomorrow and change it 100% of your eating. That, that, can you imagine that's probably a little overwhelming to do? <laughs> and so if you could just extend that time frame and have a little patience, why don't we just start changing breakfast? Let's just start with breakfast. Let's get breakfast down for a month and get some good quality things that we get good at and eat and we like and all the rest of it. Then move on to lunch. You know what I mean? Where, where, I, I will say this, like dieting is usually built around like one tactic that you try and do 100%. And I think you should be more strategic with your weight loss strategy, understand the full picture, understand that change is challenging for humans. You know what I mean? It, it takes a little bit of time so that you're not just going to change in one day. You're just not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But once you accept that, then you can actually start changing for real because I find so many people not to end this, <laughs> that's an asshole, but, um, you know, people are so impatient to lose weight. But I like to ask, you know, how much weight have you lost since January? How much weight have you lost since last 4th of July? 
And the answer is usually close to zero. And so it's like you're so obsessed with chasing shortcuts and fast, rapid weight loss that you're missing the big picture, that you're not losing any weight consistently, you know? So anyways, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was 8 o'clock. Yeah, Ray Vicky. Yeah, 8, 8 p.m. Um, yeah, there's Zoom calls. You know, we do uh, live coaching calls, which again, I, I just... <laughs> I don't want to sit here, you know what I mean? Like, like just, I don't want to sound conceited and stuff, but to be able to work with me is, uh, is the stuff because, um, you know, I, it ain't too many of me, to be honest. And you get to work one-on-one -on -one with me right now for, again, it's 25 grand to work with me privately. And, um, you get in the program for way less than that. And you get to work with me twice a week. You know, it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, I can just turn your shit around. That's what I do. I turn people around, you know? Just when you, you thought you had this belief and you thought this was the truth and it turns out, nope, that's not true. The opposite was true, you know? And you do that consistently. It, it's it's inspiring. It's freeing. Um, and again, the whole time I'm teaching you how to do that, you know? So you take control of your own mind. That, that's the key thing. Um, but yeah, eight, yeah, 8 o'clock, Tuesday and Thursday evenings, right? When you start a new program, is always an inconvenience here and there, how to keep on track. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But that, that's because you're starting a new program thinking you got to be perfect with it, you know? I, I get, you know, so here's one of the benefits I had. I was just lucky with this. But um, when I started the, the whole weight mastery thing, I almost, around that same time, I had started martial arts and guitar and yoga. And the value of those three things is that they're, they're paths of mastery, right? You don't, you don't master any of them in a, in a month. It's not even possible. You don't master any of them in a year. And when you really get honest with yourself, you never master them. There's always ways to get better at all three of those things. And so I started to think of my weight the same way. And so when you play the piano, you know, if you have a good teacher, a half hour a day is enough to get really good if you do it consistently. You know, you wouldn't start by playing eight hours a day. That would overwhelm you. But metaphorically, what people are doing with their diets is it's like they're starting to play the piano eight hours a day to practice, right? Because they're just impatient. But it's a, it's a short-term strategy, not a long-term one. And so, yeah, it's hard to start a new program because think about how you're trying to start the new program. You're, it's so crazy. I mean, even in Program Yourself, then we have a 5-2 model of eating. Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating, right? So even you know, I just have to get through five days and I get two days to eat what I want to eat, you know? And so people, I don't want to do that. Those two days, I'm just going to slow down my weight loss. Maybe, maybe in a month, but you're not going to be doing your plan next month. So what's that going to do to your weight loss, <laughs> right? So the reason it's so hard to stick with a program and so hard is because you're making it hard. And they, and they, listen, they portray themselves that way, right? It's all or nothing, you know? Program yourself, then we're all or something. <laughs> Let me show you this. I'll just, uh, so, so all or nothing, right? So most of the time people are at the nothing. This is you at your, your regular lifestyle, eating patterns, whatever, your normal weight. And then you say, that's it. I got to lose the weight. It's usually preceded by some painful event. You see a picture of yourself, step on the scale. You get really upset. That's it. I got to lose this weight. I'm going to do it. Give me the extreme plan. I'm going to do all of it perfectly. And you do this for a couple days, a couple weeks, maybe. And then what do you do? You go back to nothing. And you keep alternating between these two. Right? But most of the time you're spending here doing nothing. <laughs> right? Because you got all, I'm going to do everything perfect. Ah, I can't do anymore. And you just fade back to doing nothing. Let's be honest with yourself. That's what you do. And so with Program Yourself, then what we're looking to do is, uh, you can be all sometimes, fine. Yeah, that, hey, life, sometimes life goes, you know, everything's going smooth. You got energy, focus, time, all the rest of it. Cool, be all, okay? But who gives a shit? Because you ain't going to be all for long. You're just not. <laughs> so what we want to focus on is from going from nothing to something, right? Because it's way easier. This is way easier, this little shift here. This little shift here is way easier than going from here to here. 
Thanks, Vicky. Does that make sense, folks? Right? Because this right here might be 30 pounds. And it's easy, <laughs> you know? So again, we want to go from nothing to something. And then we can all be all too sometimes. But now that we're something, it doesn't feel overwhelming. We're keeping it up. We're consistent. We're long-term with it. Holy shit. Now I've been doing this for a year. And now I keep getting better and better and better. Your something keeps getting better and better and better. Next thing you know, you're here. This is where I'm at. Okay. My something's up here. And then sometimes I get really motivated and focused and I'll do some all stuff for a little while. And I always revert back to something. Doesn't that make more sense? I don't know. It makes more sense to me, but um, can't stop binging. Don't even know. It's like, I don't know how to stop. Like I'm trying to reach. No, I get that. I understand that the binging thing, not only is it a physical thing, but more it's a mental thing. And you, and you, when we get in that binge cycle, you binge and then you feel terrible about it. And you're in this constant cycle where you're always getting like flip flopped around. You don't even know where your foundation is. Um, what I will say with the binging, there's usually two main causes of binging. One is that you're over restricting and then you end up getting so hungry that you can't stop your eating. And the other one's usually emotional, that there's emotional stuff going on that you don't want to deal with, don't know how to deal with. And so you use the binge shame cycle to avoid that feeling, you know, to some degree. Now, yeah, I'm generalizing, obviously, but but those are two of the big ones. And so stop over restricting um, binge wise. But here's what I would say. Start to learn from your binges. Again, usually people overeat and then they just say, oh, I'm never gonna do that again. Or God, why did I do that again? And they just keep replaying that over in their head, beating themselves up. I would suggest that you start to really analyze your binge. What's going on? What's triggering the binge? Is it hunger? Is it emotion? Those are the two big ones. It might be something else, but those are the two big ones. Well, if it's hunger, stop getting yourself so fucking hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no magical willpower that's going to let you just starve yourself, like for long. Okay? So, so you should stop using that as a strategy and start managing your hunger. Calorie density. I just made a video about this. Calorie density is a secret to, to comfortable weight mastery. Um, but that's what I would suggest with the binging is start to notice what's triggering it. Because once you know what's triggering it, then you can go to work on a strategic solution. But trying to use willpower to stop yourself from binging and not changing anything else is not going to work for you. That's why you feel like you can't even, you know, articulate a clear question because you just don't even, you have no idea. Because you say, I just have to stop myself from binging. Well, no, you have to figure out why you're binging in the first place. What's going on? Am I too hungry? Is there some emotional thing going on? Those are the two big ones. You know? What is your best tip to resistant the hunger? Um, yeah, don't resist the hunger, okay? Don't stop resisting the hunger. So in Program Yourself, then we use a hunger scale, okay? You, you've got to manage your hunger in order to master your weight. The dieter just thinks, I'm going to starve myself and be really hungry. You want to be really hungry. Subconsciously, as a dieter, you want to be really hungry because you associate being really hungry to fast results. And you, you ought to break that because <laughs> it's not true. You know what I mean? Just because you lose some weight for a week and then you can't keep it up for three weeks, that's not fast weight loss. That's just temporary weight loss. And so what you want to do is you want to manage your hunger. Uh, and you want to you have a, you know, if you want to lose weight, you want to have a little bit of hunger usually. Okay, you're going to feel a little bit of hunger, but that's okay. Um, but if you're really hungry, that's not a long-term solution. It's not going to work. And so the way that you deal with the hunger, satisfy your hunger and lose weight is to understand calorie density. So you can look that up, the volume of the food and the amount of calories in it. And so the more, the, the more or less calorie-dense foods you eat, fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, natural foods, typically, um, the easier it is for you to lose weight because you're lowering the calories while you're still feeling satisfied. Because calories are not what fill you up, make you feel satisfied. It's the volume of the food. It's it's the fiber. It's protein. There's other things going on there. It's not the calorie piece. Okay. 
What's your success rate? Um, you know, I, that never believe that shit. Okay. There's no success rate. There's only you rhythm. There, there's, there's only one person, um, that can dictate that that's you. And so what I will say is if you get on the path of weight mastery, I was just saying this today, there's no kids on the thing, but, but failure, failure is like Santa Claus. Neither of them exist. You know, um, you can't fail until you quit. And so with the diet, again, it's an endurance test. You can only do it for so long. So that, that's why we think that way. But if you get on the path of weight mastery, it's just aimed at mastery. And it's a complete, no, you've never approached your weight loss this way. I promise you. <laughs> um, and if you get on this path of weight mastery, you just keep improving. There's a saying that people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year, right? And so when you start thinking about your weight loss in terms of years, decades, and you just keep on getting better and improving, like, like you know what I mean? It's a hundred percent. If you stay on that path, it's a 100%, you know, that that's, that's the success rate if you stay on the path. But yeah, you know, if someone quits, that's a zero. I, you know, I don't know. So never buy into that though. There's no, there's no success rate. There, there, never believe a success rate. There's no success rate because yeah, people might lose weight and then put it back on. Right. So, I mean, shit, the, the best example of that is stomach surgeries because those are pretty well tracked. And so people that get in the sleeve of the bypass, um, they'll track that. But that's for the year or two, you know, and then then the follow ups on it are what they are. And they're not great. Anyways, the follow up numbers way lower than you'd expect because you think once your stomach's this big, you're going to keep your weight off. No, because if they don't change the mindset up right, they'll just figure out how to keep eating to put the weight back on. And that happens 50, 60 percent of the time, you know, so um, the success rate is really it's what's your success rate. Always remember that what anyone else is doing. That's not you. Okay, so always look at yourself. How can I? How can I have a 100% success rate? I'll stay on the path. I'll master this. I will figure it out. Tony Robbins, I'll give you his, his spiel, and I love this. But Tony Robbins used to ask the question, he goes, how long would you give your kid to walk? Like, how, how, how much time would you give them to learn how to walk before you'd say, that's it, you're done. You, you, you can't walk, you're, you're done with it, right? Now, it's a silly question because, of course, when it comes to your kid walking, you start with the end in mind. I'm going to, you're going to keep doing this until you learn how to walk. That's why everyone learn how to walk. Right. And so how you go into the process, what mindset you approach it with really dictates so much of your results. So remember that. Right? I got to hit you with some cliches or corny stuff. Maybe, maybe you never heard it. But whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> so whatever. It's true, though, you know. And um, yeah, so, so, so get that out of your head, though, that success rate stuff and realize I, I have a 100% success rate if I don't stop. If I keep learning and growing and getting better and better and better tweaking my mindset, tweaking my lifestyle, tweaking my eating so that I get to the exact weight I want to live at in the way that I want to live it. That's the mindset you want to have. Okay. This information really resonates. Thank you. Super. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. That's why I do it. Hello, Danielle. <laughs> I'm a mom. And when the kids are overwhelming me, I just want to eat chocolate for comfort, I guess. Yeah, Danielle, I get that. So great. Great though. Again, the first step in change is awareness. Awareness precedes real change. Um, and so Here's the thing, right? So most people say, I have to stop eating chocolate. No, <laughs> don't stop eating chocolate. What you need to do is you need to figure out other ways to relax and decompress that don't involve food. And the good news is that yes, chocolate kind of distracts you and it does hit the pleasure centers and it does relax us a bit. So there's a little bit of that, but there's way better ways to completely and totally decompress. And it could be a hot shower once they've gone to bed. 
Um, it could be, you know, curling up with a good book on the, on the sofa. It could be having a conversation with someone that you, you care about. It could be doing some yoga. It could be dancing. Again, it, it's up to you. But once you figure out, this is the big mistake people make with emotional eating. They say, I got to stop emotional eating. No, 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 you don't. That emotional eating is serving a positive purpose. In this case, the chocolate is helping you relax and decompress from the overwhelm. Okay. So we ain't going to get rid of the chocolate. Get rid of the chocolate. You get rid of the relaxation. And all of a sudden, the overwhelm comes at you. So fuck it. I don't care. I'd rather eat chocolate and, and be overweight than, than feel this way. You see? So we don't want to do that. What we want to do is we want to identify, what am I looking for here? Okay, the chocolate is how I relax. Okay, great. What are some other ways I could relax even better that don't involve food? And I don't, you probably don't have the answer right now, but you're not asking that question. Once you ask that question, you get the answer in a genuine way that really works. Well, now it's easier to not eat the chocolate because you have a better strategy to relax. Your mind always makes the best choice available. Most people have shitty choices available. <laughs> you know, They've got the food to relax or not have the food and be overwhelmed. Well, out of those options, I'll take the chocolate and relax. You see? So, so we got to find the deeper reason why we're doing it and find a better way to achieve that. And then now the chocolate just becomes the flavor, the chocolate piece of it. Um, and that's a lot easier to say no to or, or to limit. Okay. And by the way, they might not, so it's not even just getting rid of the chocolate. It might be reducing the chocolate, eating a little bit less of it. So it's not really affecting your weight and implementing another relaxation strategy. So again, there's a lot of ways to go about it. Thank you. Really makes sense what you said about keeping track. Good, good. I'm glad. Yep. There it is, Vicky, right? No failure, only feedback and totally agree with the sand analogy. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Good, Danielle. I hope that helps you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, have a super weekend and uh, we will talk soon. Bye.